It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's up, Panthers Nation? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Brought to you by our friends at Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Hope everyone's having a good week. Bill Rossetti with you guys here on a Wednesday edition as we are continuing crossover week with the NFC North here as we're getting a touch on some of the uh, the opponents uh, that the Panthers will face this upcoming season. And we are halfway through crossover week in the NFC North. Today we're looking at the Week 12 opponent for the Carolina Panthers and a team that uh, the Panthers will certainly be excited to see when they when they come up on this schedule, partly because uh, the bye week is the week after, as it's their Week 12 opponent, the Minnesota Vikings, on the road uh, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. And so it's myself here with Luke Braun of Locked on Vikings. Of course, Luke was on the show before. We talked about uh, Stephen Weatherly and uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, but this is a chance for you guys to get some insight, too, into uh, the Vikings themselves. Uh, of course, things like the Kirk Cousins extension we got into, uh, you know, the, the trade of Stephon Diggs and how Justin Jefferson is going to replace that, and just the fact that they had so many draft picks. I think, to me, that was one of the uh, the more interesting aspects of the offseason for the Vikings is they ended up with 15 draft picks uh, in, in April's draft. And so got a chance to ask him how everyone's going to fit in. And I'm, I'm really intrigued uh, how how all these players are going to fit in. So it's a great conversation. So hope you enjoy it. Here's myself and Luke Braun talking Panthers and Vikings. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, I am here with Bill Rossetti of Locked On Panthers. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, Luke. Good to be, be talking to you again. How you doing? Yeah, good to be talking to you. Uh, for my listeners, if they missed it, I went on Locked On Panthers when they got Stephen Weatherly, talked about Weatherly, talked a little about Teddy Bridgewater. And that's kind of where I actually want to start is uh, with now the kind of the future of the Carolina Panthers rests on Teddy Bridgewater, right? I mean, I, if, I, I don't remember uh, the Panthers getting anybody that would really compete with him. They got PJ Walker, which is maybe the coolest backup in the league from the XFL. <laughs> uh, but I mean, this is this is Teddy show now, right? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. This is the Teddy show for now. You know, we thought there was a possibility that the Panthers are going to draft a quarterback uh, this year, but obviously that didn't happen because they went all defense, which was uh, quite interesting in and of itself. So, yeah, for at least I would say this year and possibly even next year, depending on, you know, where they sit in the draft and uh, what kind of position they're in to get one of those top quarterbacks. 
this is uh this is Teddy's show and uh yeah I'm, I'm definitely excited for it you know um Bridgewater of course has that connection with Joe Brady they they worked together in 2018 when Brady was with the Saints so I'm really excited to see what Brady can do with this offense with Teddy and you know all the weapons that the Panthers went out and got for Teddy so yeah I, th- I think it's a pretty exciting time you know I, I think it's going to be uh, another rough year but um I think just the flashes that are going to be shown uh with this team especially on offense uh and really both sides of the ball but you know certainly on offense I, I think are going to be fun to follow yeah it's a <laughs> turned into a hell of a division too yeah um, it's interesting because, you know, in, in Minnesota, we had North Turner and Teddy at the same time. And there were actually a lot of debates in Minnesota because the offense wasn't great during that time. Uh, you know, the 2015 season, Vikings made the playoffs, but it was mostly based on defense. And, you know, a lot of there was a lot of reliance on Adrian Peterson. Um, and so a lot of people were kind of wondering, well, is it Teddy's fault? Is it North's fault? And I guess we kind of get this weird uh, kind of controlled environment to test that with you guys but I actually want to move to the defense so you draft all defense and I actually didn't pay too much attention to the Panthers last year mostly because the Vikings didn't have to play them uh was the defense that bad did they really need that much of an influx of talent or did a lot of people leave like I know Luke Keekley retired and all that but was the defense in so bad a way that it really justifies using an entire draft on just defense and not touching the offense not putting any help around you know your new quarterback yeah absolutely um I, I go back to the phrase that Trey Wingo used during the draft, and I think I thought he hit the nail on the head when he said it. Uh, he said, fix the damn defense. And that's exactly what the Panthers needed to. Because, yeah, the, the Panthers, you know, you're right. They did lose a lot of players, but uh, the product they had on field last year was that bad. I mean, especially the run defense. You know, so it makes a lot of sense why they went Derek Brown with their first pick because this was one of the worst rush defenses, not just last year, but – in like the history of the league, you know, there aren't too many quarter or uh, there aren't too many defenses. I, I forget the, the number offhand, but the, the Panthers were right up there in terms of number of rushing touchdowns that they allowed uh, in 2019. Like it was, it was somewhere around like 30 rushing touchdowns they allowed. So, you know, basically teams could just run at will uh, on, on the Panthers defense. So it, it was bad. And, you know, it, it was a shame too. Cause I mean, you know, they had the big free agent signing of, or at least we thought would be a big free agent signing of Gerald McCoy, but McCoy kind of, you know, he didn't have that firepower that he had in Tampa Bay. And of course he's gone now to Dallas. And like you mentioned, Luke Keekley retired. Um, Mario Addison is in Buffalo. Vernon Butler's in Buffalo now. Uh, James Bradbury's with the Giants. So there was a lot of holes that this team needed to fill on defense. And I thought they did a nice job of, you know, starting to fill those holes. You know, again, like like I said earlier, this is going to be a rough year for the Panthers this year. But I think once all this young talent starts to gel together, I think you're going to really see something special here. And I've been saying, you know, I I think we're going to look back at this draft in like two or three years – when these when these players really come into their own and we're going to look back at this 20 2020 draft and be like wow Matt Rule really hit the nail on the head you know he really did a nice job uh, with his first draft yeah and that has to be the hope because if that defense doesn't come together I guess on a, on a macro level I guess that leads me to the next thing 
what's the goal for the Panthers this year? Because I mean, and I don't, I don't want to like talk trash or anything, but it doesn't seem like the Panthers have that good of a shot in the NFC South to be can. I mean, you got Drew Brees on one side, you got Tom Brady on the other side. The Falcons are always, uh, you know, at least they always have like Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and they always have some threats there. And it seems like this is going to be a year that, I mean, like what's, what's the hope? Is this a year? Am I wrong about the Panthers? Is this, is this a year where you're going in and saying, no, we think we can win the South and make the playoffs? Or is this a year where you just kind of hope you're respectable enough to not get the house cleaned out? Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is a, fans are obviously aware that this is definitely a rebuilding year. Um, You know, they, they retooled a little bit with, uh, with some of the moves they did in free agency, particularly on the offensive side of the football, but this is almost a full-blown rebuild and like like you said the division is just so good and the Panthers really don't have the personnel right now to compete with the Saints to compete with the Panthers and probably even to compete with the Falcons as well you know so this is and even just looking at the schedule like there's not a lot of winnable games uh, on paper for the Panthers right now I mean you know your division the NFC South is going to have some some tough games for the Panthers. They have the AFC West, you know, so they have to go to Kansas city week nine. They opened with the Raiders, which, you know, that can be an intriguing matchup. Uh, the Raiders definitely added a lot of speed as, as did that entire division. Really? The Broncos absolutely. And, and that's a late season battle. So, um, you know, by the time that the Broncos come to Carolina, uh, those receivers will definitely have had a chance to gel with, uh, Drew Locke and you know because that, that's not till week 14 so um, up and down up and down the schedule it, it's a tough sled you know first run through when I look at this Panthers schedule I, I don't see more than like maybe six wins for this for this Panthers team so I think there's a good chance they're picking top 10 um, as far as the hope for this year it's just, you know, kind of setting that foundation, right? You know, we, we, we talk about the rebuild and we talk about just starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, and, and Matt Rule's used to this. He, he's done this with two colleges now at Baylor and Temple. He, he took over two schools that had double-digit losses his first season and then in a matter of about three or four years leads them to double-digit wins. So this is a process, but um, it's a challenge that Matt Rule has accepted in the past. Now, obviously this is a different level because we're talking about the NFL, but I, I think Matt rule is, is the perfect, uh, the perfect candidate for this. So as long as you just start seeing the, the foundation or like the, the basis of this rebuild and these players developing and, you know, starting to take that next step forward, I think that's the important thing uh, to look forward to. And, you know, hopefully the big thing that they come away with this year. Yeah, it sounds like Teddy Bridgewater is actually a good quarterback to kind of facilitate that because he's the yeah. kind of guy that won't ruin a game for you, you know. You could call him like the ultimate game manager, the Alex Smith or whatever, but I do think he kind of – he always has you in in the game, uh, and he's not the kind of guy that's going to like blow it with three fumble ruskies and, and the game's over by halftime. But that's <laughs> all – That's I, I'm a big Teddy defender. Uh, that's that's all I have for, uh, for Bill here and, and all my questions for the Panthers. Uh, so – we're going to go over to his show now. And for the listeners of Locked On Vikings, if you want to hear him ask me questions about the Vikings and listen to us talk Vikings, you can head over to Locked On Panthers uh, and you'll be able to find that conversation. So I'll see you guys then. All right, you can lead us in for the other part. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, we are here with 
Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings. Glad to have him back on. Remember, uh, we had him on a couple months ago when the Panthers made some of the free agent moves, Stephen Weatherly and uh, Teddy Bridgewater. So good to talk to him again because, of course, it is uh, NFC North crossover week with the NFC South as the Panthers taking on the Vikings this season in Minnesota, which should be uh, an interesting matchup. And, uh, you know, Vikings, of course, coming off the uh, – Pretty solid year, got to the NFC Divisional round, had that big win over the Saints in the playoffs. And then, You're welcome. Um, exactly, yeah. For, yeah, Panthers fans, definitely, uh, definitely happy about that for sure to see, obviously, the Panthers or the Saints get knocked out. But, um, you know, it's been an interesting offseason as well for the Vikings. Uh, one of the big moves, of course, was uh, extending Kirk Cousins. And I guess we'll start there. You know, what was kind of the process? Uh, you know, because there was talk about because uh, I believe this would have been the final year of his contract, if I remember correctly. So it was kind of a matter of do you just let him ride out the final year or do you extend them, kind of lock yourself in for a couple more years, but give themselves that added cap space that they probably needed? What was your take on the Kirk Cousins extension? Yeah, so there's a difference between like my personal opinion and the way the Vikings uh, view it, right? Because the Vikings are a lot higher on Kirk Cousins than I am. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think he's dreadful or anything, but I, I don't love the idea of marrying your franchise to him with a bunch of guaranteed money and not ever having an opportunity to upgrade in a world where, you know, what if you get a chance at like Matt Ryan? You know, what if somebody hits free agency? What if there's a draft pick you really want? And there's a quarterback available when you pick and, and now they don't really have those options. And I, I actually wanted them to wait till after the draft and then do the same extension your cap would all work out the same way uh but you would have had um you would have been able to consider hey you know what if we think about jordan love when when the vikings were up at 22 or 25 you would have had that option maybe you decline it maybe it all turns out the same but i think that would have been a better order of operations but for the vikings they've said this out loud and their their actions match it they think Kirk cousins can win a super bowl and a lot of people in Minnesota disagree. I'm sure a lot of people nationwide disagree, but that's the Viking stance on this. They think Kirk Cousins can win them a Super Bowl, and Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer are both pretty willing to stake their careers on that. So that's really like the, the chips are in the table now, and you have three more years here of Kirk Cousins. And if things start to go poorly, then you'll start to see you know the, the front office get picked apart and all that. But uh, yeah, the contract is structured in a way that it's really, really difficult to get out of it short of trading him. Uh, and even if you trade him, you still accelerate a whole bunch of signing bonus. There's a $30 million signing bonus. So that's 10 million a year that would accelerate and smack you in the face if you traded him away. Uh, and he's basically uncuttable with all that uh, guaranteed money. So we won't be hitting free agency. And that's what Cousins wanted. And I think because this was a weird negotiating moment with COVID-19 and, and uncertainty around the CBA and all that stuff, um, there was a little bit of weird negotiation going on. I think both parties are content to come back to this table in two years when things are maybe a little, the environment is maybe a little bit more standard. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for mock draft Monday on the locked on NFL draft podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, absolutely. It was definitely, uh, you know, I and mean, we could kind of blame COVID-19 as well for the, you know, the whole Cam Newton thing, why he, uh, he hasn't been signed yet. 
uh, with his health, but um, you know, that's a different story. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Everybody wants to check out those medicals and, and exactly, there's a lot of people yeah. who fell all the way out of the draft who probably would have gone in the third round in a normal year. Yes. And, and we were saying that going into the draft too, that, you know, between not having these pro days and the team's doing this virtually um, talent was going to slip through the cracks. And we saw it, there was a, a bunch of good players that we thought had a chance to get drafted that did not, um, you know, kind of speaking in the draft and, you know, kind of coincides with free agency because it basically became one of their biggest needs. Uh, the cornerback position definitely got ravaged uh, in free agency before the draft. I mean, you guys lost uh, Xavier Rhodes to the Colts and then uh, both Trey Waynes and Mackenzie Alexander signed with the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, but then they did bounce back in the draft. They did get Jeff Gladney, which seemed to be a pairing that a lot of people actually had pegged uh, in a bunch of mock drafts. Actually, actually, in fact, in my uh, final mock draft, I I also had the uh, the Vikings getting Jeff Gladney. Now we Me thought too. they were going <laughs> to exactly, yeah. It it just seemed like such a good pairing, and it was it just filled uh, their biggest need. But um, you know, we thought they were going to stay at twenty five. They wound up dropping back to 31 and still getting them. So how does, um, and, and he wasn't the only corner they drafted. Of course, they also got uh, Cameron, Cameron Dantzler in the third. So how are these two guys going to help fill the hole that was left by their three free agent losses? Yeah. So with Xavier Rhodes, he had a really, really poor season in, in 2019. Um, but he went to the pro bowl. <laughs> yeah. And, and we all laughed really hard when that happened. Uh, <laughs> Because it was, it was a dreadful season. I mean, he was blowing coverages. He was getting burned. It was really, really bad. And so, you know, whether that's an age thing, whether he was in his head, it's not difficult to replace a, a level of cornerback play that's below replacement level. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could kind of say that, like, even though we're going to have rookies starting or Holton Hill starting, there is a decent chance that you get an improvement over what was pretty bad cornerback play last year. But to get it to good cornerback play, which is the real goal, is going to be a lot more difficult. Uh, they still have Mike Hughes at a UCF. Uh, he's slated to start. It's unclear whether he'll start on the outside or in the slot and whether Jeff Gladney will move to the slot or play outside. I think that's something that they're just going to have to get him on a field and figure out what they like more. Um, but I, both of those guys will play and it's just a matter of kind of who you line them up against. And that could even change game to game. And that's actually probably what Mike Zimmer would prefer to be able to move all his pieces around however he wants. Um, and then on the other side of the field, the other boundary corner is where it gets a little sketchier. Um, I, I like Jeff Gladney as a, a day one starter. I think he has the ball skills. I think he has the mirroring skills. There's a few little rookie things you ha- you're going to have to deal with and some stuff with, you know, transitioning out of college that you always deal with with rookies. But I think, you know, in the world of beggars and choosers, I'll take it. Um, with Dantzler, he actually is also going to compete for a starting position, not because I'm just that high on the third round pick, but because there's just nobody else on the roster except for Holton Hill, who hasn't really uh, earned a start in my opinion. Um, He did start to actually eat into Rhodes's reps down the stretch last year when Rhodes was really doing poorly, they would rotate Holton Hill in. Of course he had an eight game suspension because of a PED and a marijuana offense, although the latter is going to be a little easier to get away with now um, with the new CBA. So that's going to be a competition between Holton, Hill, who's a much more prototypically sized cornerback and is just a little inexperienced. Um, he, he made some pretty bad plays in preseason play against third teamers that give me some concern. And he'll be battling against Cameron Dantzler, who might weigh about as much as I do. Um, but uh, he's tall and he mirrors really well and he, he actually hits hard he just doesn't have the greatest tackling technique because of his you know he's making up for his size um, and, and he can kind of get bullied off a route sometimes and he 
ran a really slow 40 and jumped really uh had a really bad vertical jump in the combine which is a huge concern my theory is he also had a really big body fat index at the combine and my theory is that he kind of rushed to gain a bunch of weight at the last minute because he was worried about weighing in really really skinny and then he gained a bunch of bad weight and that slowed him down and weighed him down so his tests weren't as good because if you look on on tape the tape doesn't match those numbers and that should be a, a cause for alarm to say this might be there's something weirds going on here um, so I actually like Cameron Dantzler to win that competition, though I do think he has enough issues on tape where I, I'm not comfortable with him as a rookie starter. And I want to bring in somebody like a Drake Kirkpatrick or a Darkies Denard or a, you know, Logan Ryan, if we're really dreaming big, uh, mm -hmm. to kind of round out that competition. I, I don't think either of them should be day one starters. And right now we're looking at either one of them being one. So it definitely sounds like that's kind of one of the, the weaker points on this team. Huge question mark, yeah. But, um, you know, their other first-round pick obviously filled another hole that was left by, you know, a big move in uh, free agency. And that, of course, was the trade of Stephon Diggs to the Buffalo Bills. But they did get a bunch of picks for them. Uh, so at least the Vikings made a good trade for a wide receiver. Uh, here's looking at you, Bill O'Brien. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> had a fun time in the crossover with Locked on Texans last week on that. Oh, I'm, I bet. I, I bet that it was, was – uh, It was great. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Vikings and Texans. Um, but um, they they tried filling that hole with uh, with Justin Jefferson. So now, in your mind, uh, how does Justin Jefferson fit into this role? You know, obviously he's not going to be able to step right in and kind of be as productive. Uh, or am I? Or maybe I'm wrong in saying this, but uh, can Justin Jefferson step in and be as productive as Stephon Diggs, or is he just more of a complimentary piece right now? to uh, Adam Thielen. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a realistic expectation to just like expect a any rookie to come in, even if it was were C.D. Lamb or Henry Ruggs. Like, right. I don't think any of these guys are going to come in and immediately just like be Diggs for what the Diggs was for this franchise. He was a leader. He was a, a, the emotional spine of the team. Um, and, you know, of course, he was incredibly productive, especially on deep routes. Um, the thing with Justin Jefferson is, is it's going to look a little bit different. He'll be the second wide receiver on the team. The Vikings don't really have anybody else on the roster that's going to compete with him. They have Tajay Sharp, who is wide receiver four in Tennessee. They have Ola B.C. Johnson, who was wide receiver three here, seventh round pick last year. So those guys aren't going to compete with Justin Jefferson, like beat him out unless Justin Jefferson's a huge bust. Um, but Jefferson, the thing with him is that he played mostly slot at, at LSU. Um, I actually just recently had Mark Schofield on my show. Uh, used to do Locked On Patriots, but he writes for the Touchdown Wire, and he did a whole thing on Justin Jefferson and is he or isn't he a slot? Can he play outside? And essentially, if you look at his sophomore year, you see him play outside. He's not as good as he is in the slot, but it's like acceptable and you can put him there for snaps and it, you don't have to like warp your scheme around him. Um, and I think the same thing applies to Adam Thielen. Both of them are better in the slot, but fine outside. And so that allows you to kind of pick and choose who do you want to, you know, who do you want to put on Perry Nickerson? Who do you want to put on uh, Captain Munerland, for example, as a guy we both know? Um, yeah. You know, who do you want to put on the short, like scrappy nickel? Who do you want to put outside on the Marshawn Lattimore types? So mm -hmm. that's just a decision they can now make every time. Um, and it's a little bit different, but it's not like uh, as restrictive as a lot of people have been saying about Justin Jefferson. Um, so I, I think he'll come in. Those are your two wide receivers. Vikings love 12 personnel. So they'll have two tight ends or 21 personnel with two running backs, you know, two wide receivers, and then uh, one tight end or one running back. And that's going to be kind of the way the offense looks and you'll get rotational stuff from, from all the other guys. So he'll replace the snaps. He's not going to be as good as Stefan Diggs. That would be insane. 
Right. Yeah, and I agree with that. The way Stefan Diggs played the last couple of years, yeah, it's it's hard to envision Jefferson stepping right in. And I love Jefferson, but yeah, he's absolutely no uh, Stefan Diggs. By the way, uh, Mark Schofield, if you're listening to this, I love you, man. You're you're my Twitter brother. Um, people that know me, I I, I love Mark's worth. Mark's work, excuse me. He's uh, he's just a great person on on and off the field. You know, when uh, talking to him about quarterbacks and just uh, in general, Mark's been a uh, a great resource for me. So a big shout out to him. Um, overall though, too, with the draft, I mean, you don't often see teams end up with 15 draft picks. <laughs> Never in the seventh round era. That's a record. Hey, there you go. There, there you go. So the, uh, that, that's something for you to talk about too. Um, so <laughs> how, I, I guess, you know, quickly kind of how did that happen and what's, you know, the overall outlook for, all these draft picks, how, how are the Vikings going to be able to work all these guys in, you know, are there any late round guys that are, that are uh, intriguing to you, even maybe some undrafted guys. I mean, I know one undrafted guy that I'm intrigued by, by the Vikings looking at their, our lads roster. And that's a guy that I, you know, kind of wrote about, thought he was a really good playmaker, thought maybe he could have been like a fifth or sixth round pick. And that's uh, Courtney Davis. So, you know, what are your overall thoughts on the draft that, Again, the fact that they had 15 picks, which is incredible. Uh, yeah. So, well, starting with the first question, which is how did they do that? Um, they had a bunch of extra picks from the Diggs trade, right? They had three extra picks this year from the, yeah. the Diggs trade, and or two extra picks this year because they gave a seventh back, but and then one next year. Um, so they had a little bit of extra capital that way. They traded down in the first round. Uh, they traded down in the third, yeah, in the, from the third round to the fourth round. And that one at the, at the very end of day two is the one that really spurred this because, uh, New Orleans calls the Vikings and they basically, they wanted to move up for Adam Troutman. The, a lot of people mm-hmm. agreed upon the best tight end in the class who was still there in the fourth round. They wanted to move up for him and they gave up four picks for pick 120 or for pick 105 so the vikings move back 25 spots and they pick up net three more picks and then that brings them to like 17 it was at at the time and they got three compensatory picks so they just like had a lot they actually traded a couple into 2021 just to spread it out a little more so they now have three more picks than usual in 2021 already um and in terms of how they they fit into the roster uh that just the Vikings lost a ton of depth in free agency, mainly because they don't have any salary cap. So they couldn't re-sign guys like say Steven Weatherly, who ends up with you guys, uh, guys like Jaron curse who ended up going to Detroit. Um, you know, guys that are role players that, you know, usually come pretty cheap, but they couldn't afford the cheap guys kind of add up. And so now those all have to be replaced by rookies. So you have, you know, two safeties, uh, Brian Cole and Josh Metellus are the only two backup safeties on the roster right now. They usually roster four. So those guys are pretty much shoe ins to get a spot unless they move uh, Harrison hand from temple is a corner that they pick, but they might move him to safety to make some competitions, but like still then, you know, you have two or three of the three draft picks guaranteed to make the roster just because you don't have any other competition for them. Um, and, and a lot of those situations are that way where, you know, guys that left in free agency are now being replaced by rookies in kind of depth and special teams roles. KJ Osborne might be a punt returner. They lost Marcus Sherrill's too. I, I actually think he's still a free agent. I don't know if he's officially retired yet. Uh, but, you know, the, there's a lot of holes deeper on the roster that those day three picks are going to go toward either competing for those jobs or just getting those jobs. 
Um, and uh, in terms of guys that I would highlight, I would say James Lynch out of Baylor. I thought he was a day two guy. He falls to pick 130, the one we get from the Saints when they traded every pick in their day three to move up 25 spots, which is incredible to me. Um, like, you're not going to say no to that, you know? It's not like you're actively pursuing it, but like, okay, yeah, sure, do it. Go ahead, Sean exactly. Payton. <laughs> um, but yeah, James Lynch out of Baylor. He was really productive at Baylor as a three technique. The Vikings don't have a great three technique in Shamar Steffen. And I actually think James Lynch has a chance to beat him out in training camp. Um, I, I think Courtney Davis is the one, the undrafted free agent that everybody talks about. Um, he's kind of got the same thing as Justin Jefferson. It'll be hard for him to rotate in because he only ever played the slot in at AM. And unlike Justin Jefferson, you didn't get a lot of tape of him like beating press releases or uh, you know, getting deep passes. You know, you it you AM never just sent him down the seam which I think is a mistake on AM's part but you, you know there's a little bit more unknown there and that's why I think he fell out of the draft um but yeah you have KJ Osborne I think will make the team as a punt returner you have uh Troy Dye out of Oregon he's going to compete as a linebacker but that group's really thin and it'd be really difficult to imagine him not making the team um so there's a lot of like thin groups that now get kind of fattened up by draft picks and you know they, all they have to do is beat out undrafted free agents or guys that were on the practice squad last year yeah, absolutely. So it's going to be really interesting to watch. Um, I think I'll, I'll close it out with this here too. Um, we, we mentioned Cam Newton earlier about how he's still a free agent. I want to get your thoughts on a former Viking that's kind of surprisingly still a free agent and that's Everson Griffin. <laughs> yeah. You know, wh- what do you think the deal is with that? Why hasn't he been signed? You know, you still have him and Jadevian Clowney, two, you know, pretty good pass rushers that are still free agents. What do you think's going on there? Yeah, so I actually asked uh, Darren Wolfson about this. He is a local Minnesota guy. He, he does like Channel 5 News and a little bit of work for ESPN. He's an insider, so he definitely knows. He's a podcast called The Scoop, so he knows The Scoop. Um, and he basically says that everybody is still competing over Jadeveon Clowney, who's in that edge rusher market, uh, like the Seahawks. Actually, the Vikings are, have made calls, though I, they don't really have the firepower to keep up, mm-hmm. um, but they would the like to be there. They would like to. Uh, so you have uh, a few teams kind of competing over Jadeveon Clowney, and Clowney's kind of taking his time. I think he might actually want to wait till he can go visit somewhere so he can make a decision. And then basically whoever loses that battle, then they go and start competing over Everson Griffin. So I don't think it's an age thing. I know he had a, uh, a mental health incident uh, in 2018. He came back from that in 2019 incredibly, and he was one of the most productive edge rushers in the league last year. Um, he's got plenty of gas in the tank. So it's, I, I wouldn't say it's an age thing, and if you guys are looking for an edge rusher to root for, uh, I would I would definitely want my team to be in on Everson Griffin. If they can't get Jadeveon Clown, he's obviously better. Everson Griffin is a pretty good consolation prize and should come at a pretty efficient price tag. Oh, absolutely. I, I agree. You know what? Griffin, like you said, had a really good 2019. And so it sounds like it's just kind of a like a domino effect, right? Everyone thought like same, at the quarterback reason, position. Logan Ryan and Cam Newton and all these guys are still out there. I exactly. think people want to visit, especially older veteran free agents. They want to go visit somewhere and they're not going to make a decision till they can. Uh, and, you know, a bunch of, yeah, a bunch of dominoes are kind of waiting on that. Um, so it's, it's, it's a weird market, but he'll end up somewhere before the start of the season. Absolutely. So yeah, it should be really interesting to see what happens. Uh, like we said, the Panther or the Vikings look like an intriguing team. Uh, so we will see each other November 29th, week 12 in, uh, in Minnesota. That'll actually be the Panthers last game before the bye week. So in a way the Panthers will be very excited. What's that? It's a late bye. It is. Yeah. They, them and the Bucks have week 13 bye. So uh, yeah, in, in a sense, the Panthers will be very happy when they see the Vikings because then that means the following week uh, they'll finally 
have off. So yeah, the Panthers kind of uh, got a little screwed in, in that yeah. department. And and again, you know, the, the stretch they have uh, even before the, uh, even just the four games before the bye week, Kansas city, Tampa, Detroit, Minnesota. So yeah, they'll, they'll be excited when they visit when they, or I should say uh, after they visit Minnesota, cause then they can finally that's, rest. Yeah, but like, um Eh, Luke, two of those teams will regress. We have no idea how good anybody is. You never, you never know how these teams are going to be. But Luke, uh, definitely appreciate your time uh, chatting with you. It was, it was always a good time, and uh, I will. I guess we will be talking right around Thanksgiving. I guess it'll yeah. be then, since it's that week. I will see you then. Thanks again to Luke Braun for joining me, and special shout out again to our friends over at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever, and. Again, guys, I've said before, I've had a few of their bars. They are very delicious. They, it's just like eating a candy bar because they're actually made from pure chocolate. It's not your typical protein bar. Uh, they actually use chocolate, and they have so many different flavors like uh, peanut butter, uh, mint chocolate, raspberry cream, white chocolate, so many different flavors, and they are very healthy for you. There's only uh, there's 20 grams of protein, only 170 calories only 3 grams of sugar, 3 grams of net carbs, uh, the mint brownie, 15 grams of protein, 110 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. So overall, it's low calorie, it's low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. You can lose or maintain weight while still eating delicious. It's almost like uh, eating candy while exercising. You don't even have to feel guilty. And if you guys want to try this yourselves, all you got to do is go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you will get $10 off your first order. Again, just use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. And again, thank you thank you to Luke for joining me and thank you guys for tuning in as always this week. Always appreciate the support. Uh, tomorrow we will wrap up NFC North week with Peter Bukowski, the newest father of the Locked On Network, as we will talk about the Panthers' Week 15 opponent. So they'll be in the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field, either that Saturday or Sunday before Christmas. So uh, good conversation. Excited to uh, definitely was excited to talk to Peter and hope you guys enjoy the conversation. So with that, I'm out here. We'll see you tomorrow to wrap up the South and North crossover week. And until next time, I am out. Take care of yourselves and each other, and we will see you soon. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.